Hi, this is the Social Jello with Angelo show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo show. What's up? This is Angelo Ferrer, host of the Social Jello with Angelo podcast, and I'm here with my good friend Rob Roland, coming from Combat Sports. No. Fuck. Redo it. Redo it. I'm not redoing it. I don't redo it. I don't redo Combat it. Combat self-defense. There it is. See? I'm a professional. Um, <laughs> so if you haven't checked out Combat self-defense that's it that... john i swear to god <laughs> called me john then he called me john this is good i like the starting of this podcast i've been called john and i've fucked up rob's youtube channel two times in the first two minutes you <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed to be and this, this video is entitled of um, undefeated street fighters rob and angelo react to youtube comments and you uh, troll trolling comments and apparently we're just sitting here trolling each other trolling each other <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to start but yeah that, that's the topic of today's uh podcast uh today's you know we're looking at some comments i guess like i was telling rob before we started recording we're, we're going over this idea that we i hear him mostly because you, you gotta you have a more of a larger following with your youtube channel than i do but i get this too we have people that come into the comments and maybe it's because of what we do. We are Kajukembo practitioners. And if you look up Kajukembo, there is a, vi- a very big emphasis on self-defense for the streets. And they'll say that, that too. Those like street self-defense. It's really in there. And for its credit, this comes because of the history of Kajukembo. And if you don't know what Kajukembo is, check it out at the end of this video. There's always a clip that says, what is Kajukembo, a conversation I had with uh, John Hackman. But the original founders of Kajukembo did put together the martial art to fight people on the streets. And not like, not trying to be all hardcore. There was no internet back then. So there was really no one to impress to say this. <laughs> so they really did. And if I look at the history and the people I've talked to, this did happen. Like people, they were brawling. They were brawling. His, his brother got stabbed. Like there's newspaper clippings of his brother, how he got stabbed and died in a street fight. So this, like, it's, it's not like we're blowing smoke up anybody's ass when we tell you that Kajukembo originally started as a street fighting art. Now, because of that, though, fast forward, that was like 50 years ago. You fast forward to right now, and everybody's like talking about the streets. And now everybody from every style, from, from Taekwondo to, it will always have this emphasis in the streets. So why am I going on this long rant before we, we start talking about this? Um, I think it's important to note that combat sports have evolved drastically since when Kajukembo was started in 1949, 1950s to now, uh, people don't fight the same. And training has changed a lot because of it so that's what i want to open up with what do you want to add to this rob i think just just a simple caveat that we can go over that i think is important for people to understand so this is also a spoiler for an upcoming video of mine is that i think there's three different categories of fighting that we can talk about there's combat sports which obviously is the most common insofar as people talk about boxing, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, whatever, you know, somebody's going to win based on point or a judge awarding a victory, right? Then there's military law enforcement type fighting, you know, when it is your job to run towards and inflict violence on other people. Um, and that's, you know, that's, we can call it professional fighting, not in terms of combat sport, but professional, like I am paid to do this as part of enforcing jobs or defending country, whatever. Then there's self-defense, Right then, there's I'm protecting myself against the mythical crackhead who jumps out from the bushes or my drunk uncle at a party. Right, these are three things that are very separate from each other but related insofar as they involve violence. But what I've found in my comment section is that people like to talk about self defense using law enforcement military tactics, talk about combat sports by sliding um, self defense. And they just kind of, they talk about one while using the arguments of the other. 
because if you keep moving the goalposts, then you can never be wrong. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and I think that's a great segue to my first comment. So <laughs> uh, I guess to make it, I think it would be more polite to not mention the username, right? Let's just say, well, let's talk about the comment itself and not gaslight the commenter. What do you think? Are we gaslighting people? I mean, <laughs> are, we, I... are, we, are we gaslighting people, Rob? Are we saying their usernames? Or are we just going to... I've only done this... I did go after Darth Vapor. I'll always mention Darth Vapor. Darth Vapor, you deserve it. But <laughs> Your arc with Darth Vapor is my favorite. <laughs> my favorite of, your, of any video you put out. This is my favorite storyline. That, um, that, I will not let that go. But, but, but I don't know. Like the other ones... Darth Vapor deserves it, but some of these people don't. So I guess it's up to you. Uh, I'm not going to mention the, the, the for me, because he's a Kajakumo practitioner, I'm not going to mention his username because I do I do respect his opinion. Um, he's I don't agree with it, but I respect it. And that's why I want to talk about it, if that's cool. And then you can mention, I'll let you do whatever you want to do. If you want to put people on blast, uh, maybe some of your guys are, are more like your Darth Vapor. And, and you, <laughs> you I tell you class. what, I tell you what. How about if they're just like, well-intentioned and straightforward comments let's not let's not put them on blast let's not you know get any extra attention on them they don't need yeah. if they happen to be particularly funny or inflammatory let's throw their name out there okay because i get some hilarious comments that oh, like, yeah, legitimately no. make me laugh and in that case i'm like i want to give this guy some credit but otherwise <laughs> for, for creativity you know. and um, yeah, exactly all right okay so let's get started here one so our segue coming into this is my first comment came off of Kajukembo Karate Line Basics. If you haven't seen the video, you can check it out here. It wasn't even like <laughs> the funny thing about this comment is the the if you see the video, like that that I, I'm allowed to show my own content on my own YouTube channel. So let, let's just see. <laughs> let me just show you what what they saw. And again. I didn't make this series. I never made this series for the public. Originally, it was only open to my students because they asked me for something to remember their line basics with, right? So like, um, here, I'm gonna, it, it's just, and you can't hear anything, right? Can you hear music on your end? No. You can't hear, Probably hear anything. Good. You, you've seen the- I do love your Cobra Kai gi. Right? Isn't that cool? My, uh, my, uh, <laughs> what my, my Sifu, my, my, no, one of my Sifu's black belts gave me that. Wait, no, no. Take that back. One of my instructor's students gave the gi back to his instructor because he stopped trading and then he gave it to me. And I was like, that's awesome. I'm going to wear it. <laughs> so, nice. so, yeah, um, there's me in a Cobra Kai gi. And I'm just going over how to do basic line basics it's not it's not even it's not even like uh it's not even like a I, I would say it's the least action in anything of all the videos that i've put out there i've sitting there explaining okay here's how you throw a sidekick for karate style line basics for a warm-up it was nothing i didn't even go like it took me eight minutes to explain it it's not that of a action-packed video and this guy jumps in and says, oh, here, I'm going to stop sharing. So we go off of what we talked about earlier. Um, <clears throat> this guy jumps in and he looks at the line basics, which I'd say, again, this is, there's not, it's not showing me fighting, right? You just saw the video. It's just me explaining how to throw a technique. And he says, uh, your form is great, but you never drop your hands when you throw a kick. And it's funny that I, he mentions that because I mention it in the video when I show the kick. I say people like to kick different ways. Some people like to kick with their both hands up, Muay Thai style. Some people like to bring the hand down for more power for their kicks. And I go through this breakdown. And then he goes after this, the fact that I put my hands down. So after that, I try, you know, I respond with, it's really a preference, you know, 20 years of combat sports and I've never been knocked out because of putting my hand down over the kick. I've been armbarred and side kicked, kicked in the ribs, Superman punched, left hooked, clinched, and choked out, but never knocked out over the kick. That's a <laughs> that's a really important thing to note about how I did that kick. So then he comes in and, and he says, uh, you're welcome. Uh, no worries. I'm referring to combat survival, not sports. There's no rules in sports. Uh, you being a Kajikimbo practitioner should know that there's rules in the rings that, that are not on the street. 
but hey, I guess it's a preference. Um, and then he starts talking about um, when he was in the combat zone in Iraq and how he's a veteran. And he offered to send me a, a picture of his purple heart that he got. And, um, and that's cool. And I mean, I, I, my response to that was, well, you know, he, that reminds me, here's a video of me, because he mentioned Muay Thai. He's, he mentioned Muay Thai. So I sent a video of me knocking out a Muay Thai kickboxing coach out in Japan. So like, but then he went back into his combat background and arguing how that's not street fighting, which is to me confusing because the conversation was started talking about how I would get knocked out against a kickboxer if I put my hand down during a kick. So again, it's, it's weird for me. Um, thoughts? I just, I'm, and we talked about this before, I think off air, the, there's always this mythical street, street fighting heavyweight champion out there who, if you punch with your hands down here, he will always come over the top and knock you out. If you swing your kick up too high, he will grab your leg and sweep you. People put all this, like, it's, it's a weird appeal to authority saying that, you know, in this, this works in the cage where people are trained to beat your ass you know they train eight hours a day to kill another human being to you know within rule set versus not in the cage or not in the ring out on the streets where the guy you're fighting maybe only has other street fighting credentials like he doesn't have he doesn't train professionally he just gets drunk and fights with his friends somehow that guy is more dangerous than the guy who spends his entire life training to, to beat you up and because you keep your hands down in a very basic drill that is meant to teach body mechanics, movement, balance, any number of things that a beginner needs to be concerned with because you're not addressing all the what if scenarios and you're not teaching your students to go, go out and street fight right away for some reason that you're, you don't know how fighting works. Even though, like you said, you have combat sports experience and you've never been knocked out because your hands were kept down low. Yeah, I got knocked out for other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't because my hands are down. <laughs> I just, I think it's, I think it's a dumb appeal to authority that people like to do where they talk about like, well, yeah, that works in the cage where there are rules, you know, that street fighting or sorry, sport fighting, boxing, MMA, judo, whatever is meant to have as little rules as possible. So that the, the competitors can to the best of their ability do the sport. Like if there were more rules in boxing, we would see a lot less concussions. Like we sh there should be more rules. Like there should be more rules to keep the athlete safe, but there's not because they want it to look like a fight. Yeah. That's a total, that's a topic of another podcast that I'd love to do, but I, I had a conversation with my friend who did kickboxing and um, we had a, we had a, we had a, he, he was a professional kickboxer and he, we talked about MMA and kickboxing because he never did MMA. And my argument was that in kickboxing, when you get in boxing and kickboxing, when you get knocked, when you get your bell rung, they'll get you back up and give you a 10 count right and then it's up to mm -hmm. you to make that decision i'm going to go back there and fight some more but in mma there's no 10 count so the second you get your bell rung it's really up to the referee to stop the fight immediately so there's actually less brain damage there's less potential brain damage in mma than compared to boxing and kickboxing because mm -hmm. of that because of that one rule but anyway we're 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 Fight. We're, 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 we're veering off. We're veering as we, off as we normally do when we as do we normally do. We're veering off away from our from our undefeated street fighters. But yeah, again, um, again, no no disrespect to the person who commented that they did mention their their and they were, I guess you know right we talked about combat sports and this is a veteran and so for them combat is a big thing right they actually seen combat but but <laughs> but um. I'm really careful to tread the waters of saying that what you're talking about, like you just said earlier about your three sections of the three types of defense you're going to use. This person is using it for, I wouldn't even say self-defense at that point. Mm -mm. You got a it's gun. Self-offense. Yeah. Self-offense. You know, you got a gun, you got a mission, you got a completely different setting, a different, a completely different environment that you're applying this in. Um, so with that comes a completely different set of rules. And then again, it's not to take away, it's not to take away from what he said. In fact, I give this person more credit than some of the other people that have commented on stuff 
about the street fighting and being undefeated and whatever. Because I've seen people jump in and say, I don't know how many people have fucking even walked. You just take away YouTube comments. I don't know how many people have come into my MMA gym saying I'm a street fighter. How, how many people have come into your gym saying I'm a street fighter? Fortunately, I think because we are brand new, we haven't had to deal with a lot of them. It's, okay. But I personally, with my brand being called Combat Self-Defense, I get a lot of people asking how to get good at street fighting or they come in with street fighting experience. And I'm like, it sounds like you just go looking for trouble. You don't really need the self-defense part that I'm talking about. You need therapy. <laughs> yeah, you need, you need a therapist. <laughs> you need a really guidance counselor. Yeah. So like for me, I've had, and I'm in Japan, but even in Japan, which is a really peaceful place, there's not a lot of street fighting going on here. I've lost count how many people come in here saying, oh, you know, I, I've done a lot of street fighting. And then when I, when I, when I dig in a little more, it's mostly just a lot of, uh, uh, you know, scuffles at school when they were younger. Um, and that's when you really dig into it, that's what it ends up being. So I do give credit to this guy who commented, who actually saw combat. I'll give him that. Like it's not, he's not one of those guys. Right. Now here's where I come from with this, because I do have a lot of people that train with me that want to train with me that I talk to that have military armed forces backgrounds. Speaking in a statistic that I don't know for sure, I think it's only like one out of every 10 people that go into the military end up going into a combat infantry position. And only one out of 10 of those end up actually going into combat. And then they're not supposed to get into hand-to-hand -hand altercations. So like all the people that say, again, it's another appeal to authority, right? The people that say, I was in the military. We had to fight for our lives. We had to fight to protect the country. It's like, yeah, but you had to fight with weapons and you probably didn't have to fight. The organization that you're part of did. Like that doesn't yeah. mean you're an expert in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Yeah. As a matter of yeah. fact, most people that do fight in the military will admit like, no, our hand-to-hand -hand combat is not great because yeah. it's not supposed to be. Well, yeah, that, that brings me to my next segue is, um, there's a lot of military that I used to train because they told me that what they're getting for hand-to-hand -hand combat sucks. I, I had a lot of military police that saw a lot of action and their action was mostly domestic disputes. That's what it was. Oh, and another funny thing. My friend that was an MP told me that most of the shit, shootings, killings, uh, fighting that happened on base was usually started over a lot of drinking and arguments over desert time. And it's funny that he mentioned his time in Iraq. This guy mentioned his time in Iraq. And again, he's, he obviously saw combat because he says he's got a purple heart. I'm just taking things by, if he's not lying, and I'm just going to say, because that happens too. You never know who you're going to find on the internet. If he's not lying, and I take this at face value, he does have a purple heart. He got injured, obviously, in the line of duty. Um, I respect that. But one of the things that he mentioned, my, my friend who was an MP mentioned, was a lot of military guys would get into arguments with other military guys and get into fights at bars about how many tours they did um, in Afghanistan and Iraq. So it's like this weird, like a military culture thing to start shit with each other <laughs> over, over how much combat they've seen too. So I guess this is going deeper into that. Um, so let's, let's go ahead and turn things over to you. Is there any comments? that you want to bring attention to? Um, I definitely get a lot of the, the military guys talking about, like, I wouldn't, know what, I wouldn't know what to do in the middle of Karachi, but we've already talked to death about what that... Yeah, and that's true. That's not what I'm saying. And, and, that, and I don't I, know what... I wouldn't know what to do. That's yeah, not what I'm I, saying. I, yeah, I'll, I'll um, flat out say, I wouldn't know what the fuck to do if you put me, drop me in the middle of Afghanistan with an M16 and a, and, a, and a unit i wouldn't I, the, aside from saying these words i have no idea what the fuck i'm doing <laughs> that's, that's, that's yeah, not that's, a, i'm not changing that <laughs> i never said that but i will say um and you know i like i like to stir the pot with my content i like to get people riled up it's a good way to get views and also open up discussion um i put out a video a couple of weeks ago a couple months ago at this point on filipino martial arts and you know I enjoy Filipino martial arts. I think they're great. I think it's fun. I think the guys who do it like talking about fighting more than they like actually fighting. Um, so Tracy found a couple comments of mine that they're all, they're all going to say the same thing. So I'm going to sum it up in probably the most egregious one. Um, 
but every comment on this video, where ultimately all I'm saying is that you're not going to be able to stop someone's stick swinging at a thousand miles an hour, go underneath, disarm, hit them with it 30 times, feed it to your other hand, and then flow with them and take them to the ground. That's ultimately all my, my video said is that stick fighting can devolve into sticks clashing and then wrestling. It's not going to be, it's not going to be, you know, Star Wars. It's just not. Apparently, that was a very controversial thing to say. Um, one of my comments that I got from someone who shall remain nameless is imagine yourself walking down the streets of Manila and you come upon a group of guys with sticks. You will not walk away alive because Filipino martial arts practitioners who are not Filipino romanticize Filipinos. And for some reason, if I were to go to, to Manila and be walking down the street and I came across a gang of thugs with sticks, they would all want to fight me and I would not walk away from that altercation. You know where else I wouldn't walk away from that altercation? Literally anywhere else on the planet. <laughs> like if <they're... laughs> well, I mean, I'm just trying to visualize a, a group of Filipino. Like, that reminds me of the old movie, The Warriors. Like, <laughs> yeah. I would imagine like, like my image of what they just explained was like a bunch of Filipinos with, with cut off jean vests and, 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 and funny dragon tattoos <laughs> and they're holding sticks and they got spiked, spiked uh, wrist, wristbands. <laughs> For me, I'm like, you're really insulting Filipinos that they would just like see another guy that looks vaguely Filipino and be like, we should beat the fuck out of that guy. Like, maybe they saw your YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But I'm like, dude, the reason the human being invented weapons is because we aren't naturally good at using our hands. So we pick up something else to get more violent with. That's just a toddler with a stick is more dangerous than a fully trained adult. Like, that's just, that's just true. So if you multiply numbers and they all have sticks, then yeah, you're going to get your ass beat, whether you're in Manila, whether you're in France, whether you're in it doesn't matter. Sticks and numbers will always outbeat not sticks and not numbers. And so I'm, I'm stymied by the people that's like, I've gotten so many threats. This is the thing. This is what drives me crazy about Filipino martial arts practitioners. They always challenge me to fight someone who's not them. I've gotten dozens of comments where it's like, <laughs> why don't you go fight XYZ person who also has no fight record and has never killed anybody? But they swing their stick real good on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Dozens of comments like, fight this imaginary person. Not me, even though I'm defending my martial art right now. You can't fight me. You have to fight the great grandmaster. I've gotten a Doug Markaida a few times. I've gotten threatened to fight him. Who Doug Markaida has laughed at my comments on his Instagram, so I don't think he's going to want to fight me. And uh, Bobby Taboda, who is 89 years old right now. <laughs> Oh, and I'm like, why would I fight an 89 year old man for any reason? For glory. <laughs> for, the, for the street fighting. For, for glory, for honor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, but again, like, I think a lot of these people, and, and I, I've been guilty of this myself. So, I, like, I, there's this meme I shared a while back saying, here I go again, judging people for doing the exact same thing I was doing like a few years ago or just recently, right? And I, I mean, I, I'm guilty of it myself. When I when I first got into Kajikembo, um, I was always talking about the streets and because I was in a rough neighborhood. So that was like my my big thing until the more I the more I trained and the more people I met that trained, the more I realized that saying things like from the streets and hardcore doesn't make it more legitimate that's mm -hmm. if anything and i think that's one thing i'd like that was the, one of the main points of this podcast and this video for anybody watching is i i'm always addressing this is the, the differences in the generations right so where previous generations saying it was from the street was a way to appeal to a prospective student what i see happening now in this current generation is saying it's from the street doesn't actually appeal to this new generation of potential students coming in that are watching combat sports because they're we're kind of living in a new era where you can actually like you said you can see fight records it's not like before before you can see fight records of a boxer 
maybe a kickboxer. But if you did martial arts, when I first started doing Kajukembo 20 years back, and already Kajukembo guys were doing MMA at that point, Chuck Liddell just won his championship when I started. But I still didn't connect that Chuck Liddell was a Kajukembo guy. Like I did, it just didn't even connect to me. I was like, everybody's watching, like, oh yeah, this guy's, a, you know, this guy does a distant co and they kind of explained it to me. And I was kind of like, I guess, like it, it just seemed so disconnected. Like I didn't, because I didn't watch MMA. I was busy with my own life. I wasn't a fan of MMA at the time. At that point, MMA wasn't as big as it is now. Um, the fighters were still fighting for, there was, you know, that was before Dana took over. So like there was a lot of stuff that to me was hard to understand what was going on as far as the, the MMA world and how, what that had to do with what we were doing. And there was still a lot of people that did what we were doing that never did MMA. And there still is, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying, I'm not going to go down that path again, <laughs> but I am trying to say that I was at that point, I was a bouncer at a club. The things I learned in Kajikumbo helped me as a bouncer. And I had this whole idea that, that there was this street fighting element that I felt was, that I still feel is important, but I don't think is this newer generation cares, if that makes any sense. They care more about what you are showing them and whether it's effective than your own personal history, if that makes any sense. I think, yeah, I think it's kind of the same thing as like the movie studio dilemma where like 20 years ago, you could sell a movie based on Tom Cruise, based on, you know, whoever the hot A-list actor of the minute was. But now it's about like the character and it's about the studio. You know, everyone's going to see the next Iron Man. It doesn't really matter who's in the suit. Like, yeah, everyone likes Robert Downey Jr. But if they say, hey, it's going to be whoever now, no, still go see Iron Man. You know, I think it's kind of the same thing with martial arts now where like the instructor being deified not really that big of a deal anymore because there's more of it like here in austin there's 20 jujitsu schools that way 20 muay thai schools that way six mma schools that way like you can find it on every corner so therefore it's not as rare at least not everywhere in the world and then you can also look up people's records you know if someone says they've got an undefeated record in mma you can verify that pretty easily if they say they've got an unbeaten street fighting record, why can't I verify that? You know, like the first question is there's no, there's no real way for me to, to prove that you are telling the truth or not. But then the second question that most rational adults will ask is why do you have so many street fights? It should be the next question. Yeah. Rational person would ask. So, so, but I think just, I think deifying the record of your instructor or your school is just, it's, kind of irrelevant now and even though i agree with you that there is a, a component to street fighting or to i should say non-consensual fighting elements that are ignored in sport fighting i think those are much smaller than most people think they are you know like you had that video a couple couple months ago where you talked about um you did the sparring with your student where you pulled a shirt up over his head and you started kind of throwing some rabbit punches at him which is not a thing you're allowed to do in any combat sport right but it is a thing that could happen in a hockey fight. That's an element that can happen. But ultimately, what you're doing is not unlike when you're playing judo and someone grabs your belt and hikes you over before they throw you. Like, it's not that different from it. So it's like, yes, it's a gap, but it's not that big of a gap. Yeah, bridging the as gap far as, is not that hard. It's yeah. not. And, and then, oh, and that brings me to the other comment. Um so a while back, I did a jujitsu instructional about how to how to break, how to pass guard from close guard. And uh, somebody jumped into the comment section and said, come on, you're a Kajikuma practitioner. Where's my where's my growing stomp? Where's my where's my ear pool? And, you know, well, I don't understand how you're going to pass guard this way. And again, it just brought back to the attention of you can always add that you can always escalate. There's no, like, once you have a base of, hey, this is how I can pass guard um, and I can practice this. Here's the other problem. And I addressed that in another video. I made another instructional. I made fun of the guy in the video. You know, after that, if you want, you can bite him in the face and then you won't have an, anyone that will want to practice with you next week because 
<laughs> you know, so like it's money in the face. Yeah, because you bit him in the face. I, 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 I dare you to go to a jujitsu school and kick someone in the growing while while trying to pass guard. Because the a if they do allow you to do it, uh, something bad is really bad is coming. <laughs> something really bad. If for some reason they don't complain and you continue the match, something really bad is coming. Most likely though um they'll stop you right then and there you won't be able to practice there anymore it's that it's that simple Mm. like you won't be able to drill it and the problem with not being able to drill something is you'll still be left with whether or not it really works you won't know it might it might it might not but you know for sure if you do this technique without the growing hit and you can drill that over and over again you can get really good at that and you can always add a, a shot to the growing in a different situation. Like you said earlier, you can always escalate it. It's not outside of the realm of possibilities if you wanted to bring that quote unquote undefeated street fighting element. But that's the getting... issue that I oh, go, go ahead. That's the issue that I run into with uh, Schrodinger self defense, where techniques are too dangerous to practice, but they're so dangerous they absolutely work. It's like, how can you possibly know that? Krav Maga. Krav Maga, exactly. Krav Maga, I got Krav Maga. myself a Krav Maga practitioner right here. Hello. Sorry. Not sorry. Anymore, not anymore. <laughs> no, sorry. No, 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 not anymore. I, I, have, I have friends. I have friends that are Krav I have Krav friends. Okay. <laughs> they have like I have. You know, I I used to say like I'm Puerto Rican. I have a white friend. You know, white folks. I have a black friend. I have a Krav Maga friend. Exists. <laughs> 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 I don't have any problems with them. <laughs> But, but I mean, I, okay, I will say, and I've talked about this with Tracy a lot, Krav Maga is going through a cultural shift right now because I think enough of their guys have gotten their asses beat casually in jujitsu and MMA gyms where they're like, you know what? Maybe we should stop practicing techniques that are too dangerous to practice and practice things that we can practice on a daily and get good at those things. Because if you can punch somebody in the nose 100 times a day with relative accuracy, you can then also poke them in the eyes pretty pretty much with relative accuracy you know it's not that big of a leap to go from closed fist to the nose to thumb to the eye but if you can't punch someone in the nose you definitely can't poke them in the eye you know striking translates no matter what the implement is but if you focus on i'm just going to go here rip the groin sweep the legs you know restomp the groin walk away that works in theory or that works when your guy is standing there but that doesn't work in real life and if you can't pull it off in sparring then you know that it doesn't work in real life you're just eluding yourself yeah and I guess that's where um, that's where it gets. Oh, go ahead. Do you have another comment? I, I yes, I, we just pulled one up, uh, kind of along that same line. Um, this is so, as you know, I piss off the entire Kempo world with my Kempo video <laughs> last year. Uh, I still get comments on it every single day. I don't hate Kempo. I just think they're unrealistic in what they do. But here's my comment. Here's my favorite. One of my favorite comments. This is again emblematic of most of the comments on that video. I personally use Kempo techniques to defend myself. It works. It takes years to actually be able to use it in a fight, but once you get there, it's an awesome feeling. It's a awesome feeling. And I go, I respond to him. I say, you use the entirety of a Kempo technique or you use movements that can be found in virtually all martial arts. This always devolves into some stupid monkey flinging conversation about the Kempo technique works. No, throwing a jab cross works. Well, we throw a jab cross in clutching nuts number seven. Yes, but it, it goes back and forth every single time I have this conversation where people talk about how they use Kempo to defend themselves from six attackers at a bus stop. And I managed to pull off a back fist and then kick to the groin. Yeah, every martial art in the world does that. That's not, that's not specific to your martial art. And it drives me crazy because what well, my argument always is best practices right doesn't matter what your style is you need to have best practices if we know the most effective way to learn fighting is to practice a jab or a cross or you know a clinch or a back fist in isolation we should do that in isolation rather than putting it in a not not to diss one of our other videos where we did a 12-step combination but you shouldn't be doing it as a 12-step combination now i will say it's fun to do it's fun to do for a youtube project you know (laughs) yeah my, my issue with Kempo is always that they say like doing these 13 movements is a self-defense movement is a felt thing you can do like when you're being attacked and not just 
practicing a sequence of, of things you need to know how to do. You know, it's. And I think, again, it's not that we're shitting on an art. Look, like, so, like you said earlier, like, you know, I jokingly said Krav Maga. And then right now you mentioned Kempo, and I'll mention real quick uh, Kyle Rizowski. Um, if you haven't seen the interview, it's here. It's before I used to do video interviews, so you'd have to put up with just the audio. But Kyle Rizowski is, uh, is a championship MMA fighter coming out of China. And now he's, uh, he's also coached guys in the UFC. But he comes from a Kempo background, kind of. And he was very candid about saying, yes, I like Kempo, but, you know, I did MMA. I always did MMA. And when he says that, like he came in doing MMA, trained in MMA at this Kempo place that allowed him to do MMA because he was looking for an MMA gym. There wasn't, he lived in the middle of nowhere and he went to this Kempo school that allowed him to cross train there. And it was, I think it might've been an Ed Parker place. And they were cool, cool enough with him to give him a spot to train. And then he also did the Kempo with them, right? So like he has respect for the Kempo guys for giving a, a space to train. So again, we say this because we're martial artists, right? As martial artists, we, we say, we, we criticize things we see. And actually it's funny that our video isn't really criticizing the styles. It's more of a response at the criticism that we've received, right? That's what this really is, is we're responding to criticism that we've received doing what we do. Um, me personally, I've tried my best not to shit on other arts, mostly because I do Kaji Kenpo. It's in the acronym. Karate, Jiu-Jitsu, Kem for Kenpo and Kung Fu, and Bo for boxing and kickboxing. So there's really, for me, in that acronym, there's not a lot of room for me to be like, oh, well, I don't like this, right? Or I think this sucks because most likely somewhere in my practice, it's there. Um, I'm just not a stylist. So I don't have a, I don't have a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I'm not married. Bias. Yeah, bias. Yeah, I don't have a bias towards even the, the very thing I, I do. I'm not even biased towards Kajikembo. I'm not going to be in. I'm not one of those people that a Kaja Kembo guy steps into a ring and is like, oh, he's going to win. He's a Kaja Kembo guy. I don't know who's going to win. Like, <laughs> I hope he does. But... I hope he does. He's, he's, one of, he's one of my, he's one of my, he's one of my, he's part of my Ohana. I hope he wins. But I mean, <laughs> just to shout him out right now, Bobby Seronio is yeah. kicking ass in Bellator. I'm yeah. super happy with that. He's a Kaja Kembo guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you know who I'd love to see? I hate to say this out loud. You know who I love to see when he loses? Sage Northcutt. Can't stand that guy. Another country camo guy. But I don't he, think he, he's lost. But he actually he's out, right? He broke his hand or something. He yeah, he's out right now. Yeah, he's he's out. I think he's out for. But good. I can't stand him. Like, I don't think <laughs> I don't think he's a good representative of country camo. I, I just can't stand him as a fighter. Like, I don't think he's. I don't like how he fights. I like how Bobby fights. You know, so I'm not biased towards a style. I'm biased toward now. I say that I do kind of want. Bobby Saronia to always win because I'm like, oh, hey, Kaja Kemba, we're kind of united. Yeah. But I also like how he fights. Like, I just like, you know, how he does it. Yeah. You like, now, you like, and again, for anybody watching this who's probably super confused as I don't know what Kaja Kemba is. <laughs> again, if you, and I think Hackman did a great job when he posted that, the, that picture of uh, Texaria and uh, of Glover and Liddell. And he said, both my black belts, two very different fighters. Right, because that's what happens in Kajakembo. Because we're not stylists, we'll just hone in on whatever our student wants to do, and get them really good at that one thing that they're good at, and teach them how to defend against the things that they might not be thinking about. So again, they're not going to have a quote-unquote style, which would make a. So you know, for example, here's here's a good example. Like, I'm going to say it. Fuck it. Um, Gracie Baja, <laughs> right? Gracie Baja has a huge marketing campaign that's very successful. And if, it, if you're running a martial arts school and you want to have an international martial arts school, definitely doing what they're doing will guarantee some money coming into your pocket. Um, and one of the things they do, which I think is good, it, I don't agree with it, but I think it's good for their marketing, is even if a person just walks in and, get, and takes one class... <laughs> walks into their place and does one class and goes somewhere else they will now always be a gracie baja student <laughs> so mm -hmm. if they end up in the ufc wherever they end up winning that's a they did they use gracie baja jiu-jitsu that's why they won right because <laughs> they're stylists so they're like that's why that's why it could be a kickboxer 
and they'll, they'll claim that person to be theirs. Now it's a marketing thing, but it works for them, right? Do I agree with it? Were they really a Gracie Baja? Did they really use Gracie Baja Jiu-Jitsu? Maybe, probably not, but that's what they do. Can I say the inverse of that, that we talked about in our, in our chat earlier, every time I make a video on karate, and again, I consider myself more of a, a karateka than anything, but I do criticize practices and movements in karate because I think they can be improved upon. I think any, any artist or craftsman should be able to look at what he's doing and say, this can be done better. That's just, that's how you improve, right? But I think a lot of karateka and kempoists adhere to the Gracie Baja method of marrying themselves to an athlete in terms of Lyoto Machida and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Because anytime you say anything good or bad about karate or kempo, uh, no, they no, throw those names around. Lyoto Machida. <laughs> yep, Lyoto Machida. Lyoto Machida. What drives me uh, crazy uh, about that? Lyoto Machida. <laughs> <laughs> what drives me crazy about that is that, like, A, I'm not normally saying anything terrible about karate. I'm just making a point about it. But then in the same breath, they'll say, well, this sport or this martial art isn't meant for sport. It's meant for self-defense, not for fighting. Okay, well, these guys are sport fighters. They're good at what they do in the realm of sport fighting. Wonderboy Thompson will call himself an MMA fighter because he is. Lyoto Machida was the world heavyweight champion in the sport of MMA. Like, those two things can't be true. Karate cannot, I mean, I guess it can be because karate is more than just a sport and is more than just self-defense. But the point is, I'm really tired of hearing people talk about Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and Lyoto Machida. And again, I get it. Bringing it back to the streets, always. They always bring it back to the streets. I was talking to a karate guy out here in Japan. And again, was it Lyoto Machida? I, I, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that's going to be the new punchline. Was it Lyoto Machida? That's going to be the new. That's going to be the new thing from now on. I mean, I'm not going to drop that. Was it Lyoto Machida? Lyoto Machida. All right, everyone, we're doing Palama number one. Leo Machida. <clears throat> Leo Machida. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so so and he, he was, um, and it's funny, I, I considered myself a karate guy. If you looked at my instructor's school, it said Kaju Kembo Karate slash Wushu Kung Fu. That was the name of his school for the longest. It was there. Later, he sometimes martial arts, but mostly he always said karate. Because he loved Karate Kid and he loved karate. As you saw, I was wearing a Cobra Kai gi that he gave me. He loved karate. And I considered myself a karate guy until I came to Japan. Really weird thing to do, right? Everybody's dream is to go to Japan and do martial arts. And I thought I was a karate guy because I did all these forms and I competed in tournaments doing point, point karate, which I hated, but I did it because my instructor asked me to. Um, so I consider myself a karate guy. Like I'm a karate guy. I wear the gi, I have the forms. Even though I don't agree with bringing my elbow down here for my punches, I'll do it for practice and then I'll adjust later. There was a lot of stuff I didn't agree with karate, but I was like, I'm a karate guy. Came to Japan, did my karate. That's not karate. <laughs> like, <laughs> excuse me? <laughs> I could have just not done all that other shit that I didn't want to do because <laughs> I didn't want to do it, but they told me it was karate. <laughs> so I fucking did it. I didn't want to do forms, but they told me it's karate. So I got to do it. Then I had to shut the fuck up, as, as Hackleman said, and just do it. And now you're, I come out here and you guys are saying it's not karate. Nope, not karate. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's because your gi is black. Excuse me. You're wearing a black gi. We wear white gis. You're doing some American kickboxing. And I'm like, no. Like, but here's a form. That form looks like kung fu. That doesn't look like our karate our karate we do this you do this <laughs> right they're like they're very like and they're like okay okay whatever i'm not gonna argue give me the white belt i'll put the fucking thing on let's just let's just train but you know what that you know what that proves though right that ultimately everything is just subjective to the person that you're talking to like karate kung fu mma all these terms are just things that we put to label things but at the end of the day, not to plug another video of mine, but at the end of the day, you're either striking, wrestling, or grappling somebody or hitting them with a weapon. Like what you choose to call it and what restrictions you put upon it. And it doesn't matter what style you're doing. A style is by definition restrictive. You know, if doing this is the difference between karate or kung fu, 
then you are restricting karate to only this. At any time Lyoto Machida has ever done this in his life, he's no longer doing karate, right? Yeah, no, it's it, fine. To, to their credit, it wasn't. It wasn't really that. Well, wait, wait. It, it was. It was. What uh, I'm saying is, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying is that by definition, you are restricting things by putting a name on it. That's fine. When we drive, we're restricted to staying in one lane for the safety of the other people around us. For the sake of teaching people things, you can't have someone punching like this and someone else doing something like that. You need some kind of uniformity. But at the end of the day, like we have to be realistic. Our restrictions are only as important as we say they are. Yeah. You know, like as, as much as I teach people to punch with their hands up, you know, as much as we say, like, you have to keep your hands up. I always have my hands down when I punch my hands stay on my chest because I get punched to the body a lot more than I get punched to the head. And I have pretty good head. That's just my preference. Again, going back to the original comment, when I sent that video, I talked about I said, here's a video of me knocking out the guy and me putting my hands down. I even mentioned at the end of the fight. I'm like, I won the fight. And at the very end of the fight, I brought my hands down to knock him out because I saw I saw an opportunity. He was hurt. And I just wanted to swing as hard as I could. And at that point, I really didn't care if I was perfectly twisting my foot or how my my how my hips were rotating in circumference with my hand was up while I was throwing the hook. All I was thinking is he's hurt right now. And I got to go in there and finish him off right now because I want my win. So, like, again, and I, we always talk about that as martial artists. We love to see the person. We love, we always talk about keep your hands up, keep your hands up, keep your hands up. But we love to see two guys brawl in MMA. Mm-hmm. Um, who, 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 that Hawaiian fighter. Fuck, I have fucking A. Uh, Leo Machida. Leo Machida. <laughs> it's actually not Leo Machida. <laughs> it's actually not Leo Machida. Um, hold on a second. Max Holloway, there's a there's a fight that he had where he straight out dropped his hands and started throwing his head left to right, and we all applauded that every single. And if you didn't, fuck you, you did. Like we all watched it and said, oh, 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 oh he is fucking that guy up. He put his hands down. He's fucking him up so bad. He put his hands down, right? So like, but we like that. But then again, we get mad if we see our students do it. Okay, so it's just, it's just really weird dichotomy. But well, back to the thing that you should do these things, you know, as an instructor, yeah. we should be teaching the safest, best way to practice something because we have to assume, and this is not to be insulting to all of my students, but we have to assume you're an idiot. We have to assume you have terrible fighting instincts and we need to, to the best of our ability, fill your head with information that will keep you safe and alive. Yeah. If you realize that, Hey, I do just as well with my hands down as I do with them up. All right, fine. Then keep them down. But until you prove that, if you keep getting punched in the head, put your hands back up. And even then you're going to bring your hands up, right? Like if you train long enough and you're doing resistance sparring, even if you do like to keep your hands down, as soon as someone starts punching you in the face too many times, okay, well, you have two choices. You can continue to keep your hands down and get hit in the face or you're going to bring your hands up. Um, but again, we're, we're digressing. So going back to the street fighting element, the same people that said I didn't do karate, when I started doing, um, I, I came to them for kickboxing for my kickboxing coaching. And then when I started getting more into MMA out in Japan, when I, when I came back to MMA, because I left MMA and I came back to MMA because my students were pushing me to fight again. But when I came back to MMA, that kickboxing place really got upset. Like they were okay, not upset, but they really started being like, oh, grappling is gay. And we don't like it, you know? And I was just, I was trying to like, figure this out because i'm like wait a second guys y'all are doing kickboxing so clinching someone while standing doesn't question your sexuality but if i if i'm now clinching you on the ground suddenly i want to stick my dick in your ass is that is that what we're is that what we're doing here like is that is that where we're going with this and and they were like okay so that's what he said to me i'm like all right cool how's this let's try it what's right let's try it let's do we're gonna do what i call sparring where it's MMA rules and you can do whatever it is you want. I'm not going to, you want to grab my shirt. You want to try to poke me in the eye. You can do whatever you want. Okay. And I'm just going to stick to MMA rules where I don't do that stuff. I'm just going to stick to MMA rules where I'm just going to hold you. Maybe I'll just hold you down. Maybe I'll submit you, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight dirty, but you can. Okay. Go for it. You want to do a growing strike. You can. He's like, all right, let's go. So we went in the ring and uh, immediately he comes, uh, he's already scared of me. He were both the same size. So it wasn't like a size difference thing. Like we were both, I was cut down in weight because I was getting ready for an MMA match. 
and he was up in weight because he didn't want to cut weight for anything. So he was uh, probably outweighed me. So he was probably at 175, 180, and I was at 169. And nice. he immediately, I, I hit him with a sidekick in the very beginning of the match. He flies to the end of the ring. He gets on the ropes, and then he clinches with me. So I clinch with him, and I take him down onto the ground, immediately take his back and choke him out. And it was just that for three minutes. And um, when we and like, he was saying, like, and then they gave me the most ridiculous advice. They're like, oh, if someone tries to, tries to grapple you or tries to shoot in on you, you can knee him in the face. And I told him in the middle of the match, I'm like, try to, try to knee me in the face when I come down and try to double leg take. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in for, I'm going to shoot on you right now. Okay, ready? 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 And boom. He tried to do it to the ground and back and rinse and repeat. Take his back, choke him out, take his back, choke him out, take his back, choke him out. So, and again, it's, I, I see this kind of shit and then it sounds like I'm being an asshole again. Am I, are, did you give me the signal? The, the, are you giving no, no. me the asshole signal? Did you give me the signal? It sounds like I'm being an arrogant asshole again. This isn't a gloat about me beating some no-named karateka in the middle of Japan, in the middle of a fucking rice field. Because they, they literally had their kickboxing gym in the middle of a fucking rice field. This isn't... That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Um, not to diss him in any way. But again, he felt that MMA wasn't taking away from the street fighting capabilities of his karate. And that's just what it looked like. And again, now I look like the guys we talked about. I don't have any footage of that. I think I have some footage somewhere on Instagram of me. Okay, side here's side the thing. I do have a footage of me side kicking that guy to the ground. I do have that somewhere. Here's the thing, though. You don't have to have footage of you doing that specific scenario because that scenario has played out thousands of times on YouTube and on Instagram where it's like, arrogant street fighter walks into MMA gym says he can beat them all and then it gets choked out in 20 seconds like that that constantly happens well, the I'm inverse does not happen you know I'm definitely a bad guy in this situation though because that's their gym <laughs> I'm right, right. American from another country saying oh I'm not doing real karate <laughs> fuck you up <laughs> So, okay, let's, so let's be a little realistic. That case, that I was that's, being that's an asshole. I was being a little bit of an asshole <laughs> in that situation. I was being a little bit of an asshole. And we're still friends. <laughs> I will say that. We are still friends. Shout, out to, back to, shout out to Honda Sensei. <laughs> going back to what you said about them saying that grappling on the ground is gay. <laughs> and that, you know, as soon as you, as soon as you hug another man on the floor, you want to stick your dick in his ass. <laughs> maybe i'll just say maybe okay maybe that's true if you find yourself in a situation where some asshole american shows up at your gym and takes you to the ground aren't you better served knowing how to grapple so that he doesn't do that to you <laughs> he's so lucky like wants, you... he's so lucky he wants to stick my dick in his butt i'm <laughs> saying like even if that's what you think if you could be proven that when someone takes you to the ground, you don't know fuck about shit, maybe you should learn how to defend yourself because this could happen. Angelo could show up at your gym and take you to the ground and just be like, it's clobbering time. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'm such a fucking asshole. <laughs> I hate myself. Right. So I think that's a great way to end the podcast. I'm an asshole. Um, Rob has a hold great on, channel. <laughs> Go ahead. We, we have one more comment I do want to read. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cracked me yeah, up. No, okay, okay. Tracy, you saw that one pulled up? Uh-oh. Oh, she's, so she's new at producing podcasts. I asked her to do this job, and she failed at it. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, what was it? Come on. Here, here, here. All right. This is one of my favorite comments, because it's exactly what we've been talking about this whole podcast. <clears throat> Want to make a bet? My teachers in JKD teach a version that is so nasty, so effective, so brutal that I wouldn't even think about using it unless the situation was deadly and nothing less than that. <laughs> True fear is the only thing that can tell whether someone goes off or not. It's simple science. A puncher, a wrestler, both get hurt real bad with Wing Chun and JKD. Reason being is structure because we push you away by the Adam's apple and solo. You aren't getting out of it. <laughs> and so I respond, how do you know it works if you can't practice it for real? And he says, well, I could show anybody. Leota Pachita. Leota Pachita. <laughs> and I don't know if this is satire. I have to assume it's not because the guy's name is like JKD for life. Suck my dick. I am Bruce Lee. Really? 
<laughs> I mean, it might as well be. Like, if this was anywhere but my, but the dumpster fire that is my comment section, I would think this guy was being satirical. But because this is a pretty frequent flyer in my comment section, I think he's like legit. I think he, he thinks for he's real. Legitimately, he's, he's legitimately believes this. He's I'm not like, sure if he's I legit, legit, but he's legitimately he, does believe this. He legitimately believes it. The thing that he's practicing is so deadly, he can't even practice it. Like he can't. He can't even yeah. kind of practice. He can't even pantomime right. practicing it. He, he, but he, he just, knows it works. Instead of practicing, he just drinks a beer and thinks about how deadly it is because <laughs> it's just too deadly. Forget it. <laughs> I was gonna train, <laughs> but it's just too deadly. I'm just gonna drink beer because I don't want to hurt anyone. <laughs> The world's safe. Like, honestly, so everyone is safer if I just stay home and drink beer. <laughs> you know what? That's probably true, though. If you yeah. genuinely believe that about yourself, that's probably true. <laughs> probably true. The world is safer, and you are, and you are too. <laughs> you are, you are much safer for having. You are stay definitely home. Trust me. much safer for staying home and drinking beer than going out there and doing that. <laughs> well, I just I, I imagine that guy showing up to my gym to fight me and just like uh, taking the pose, getting ready to <laughs> dim mock me. And then I just take him to the ground, pin him down, take his well, pants he, off, and fuck him in the butt. Yeah, stick it in his butt. That's Leona Machida. Uh, that's. <laughs> and we're off YouTube just I, like I that. Think, I think we're way, 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 way far away. Well, I think he's a street fighter. I think you still. I think you brought it back to street fighting. Yeah, but it's true. That's that's that. These are all. These stories are all true. <laughs> that's that, that's the whole thing. That is the whole thing. As as much as we laugh about it, yes, a karate guy in Japan thought I wanted to stick my dick in his butt because I wanted to grapple, and yes, he thought that street fighting was ultimately karate, and it would be undefeated. And uh, luckily, none of that happened. I mean, as far as the you know sexuality stuff, then none of that happened, and uh, everything was good. The only Machida. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> so I think we're gonna call it a wrap here, folks. Um, Rob, anything you wanna? I know you're doing some shameless plugs in, uh, here and there, but uh, anything you wanna plug at the end? Not for myself, since like like you said, we've been plugging my stuff, but we do need to talk about the Pit Kajukembo Ohana. Oh yeah, which both of us have been instrumental in developing. You more so than me, I do have to say. Yeah, um, I, but... just, I just share. I just share whatever Hackleman puts out there. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we've been trying for the last couple months and really the last couple decades to grow Kajukembo as a group. And I think Hackleman came up with the right solution that we're just not unified in. We, we keep everything secret, you know, yes. uh, it's, it's less that we're, we don't have a, a shared curriculum and more that people just keep their own curriculum secret. They don't share with each other. If you're not doing my Kajukembo, you're not doing Kajukembo. Whereas Hackleman was like, you don't have to do what I'm doing, but I want to show you what I'm doing. Yeah, And if you want to use it, you can. And that's what the pit Kajikembo Ohana is. So if you're interested in that, you don't have to be a Kajikembo practitioner, although it would help. You can find us on Facebook. Um, just submit the request and we will add you in since Angelo and I are both admins. Hackleman yeah. is too, but I don't think he does anything. And he wants, he's got, he's a busy guy. Yeah. <laughs> so like, and, someone, <laughs> and someone asked me the other day, someone, my instructor asked me, he's like, are you, are you running like, was it your idea for the Pit Treasure Kimbo Ohana page? And I will flat out say, no, it wasn't. It was not my idea. Hackleman approached me, said he wanted to start this project, that he wanted to unite Kajukembo, and he called it Ohana, as he mentioned in another video. Um, he, he wanted to make it Ohana, which means family in Hawaiian. And he wanted to expand that, not just to Kajukembo practitioners, as Rob mentioned, but to anyone who's interested in martial arts and just sharing what they do with no criticism. Because that's what we do is we share what we're doing or our opinion about something and we don't tear each other down. And that's it. That's all it really is. So if you want to jump on in there, uh, send a friend request and uh, and have at it. Uh, one thing I do want to mention to some people that were mentioning earlier, we do have a little bit of a moderation process for the comments coming in because a bunch of people immediately stole our logo and tried to sell stolen swag <laughs> so so like because of that we do mod we don't moderate what's being said but it does take us a little minute sometimes to post your comment up if you have any problems let us know all right and fill out the questionnaire because i love saying no <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah just you know yeah fill out the questionnaire because he will get that's the only thing we say just to make sure that you're not a bot we do ask you a few questions and just answer them honestly we don't care whether or not you have a black belt even 
just answer them honestly and um and you can come on in all right um after a 45 minute almost hour podcast i love to remind people to subscribe to my channel and to hit that like button and notifications if you stick around that long and uh thanks a lot we'll catch you all next time peace see y'all